Uh, hey, patrons, this is a little bonus episode for everybody, and it's a crossover. Well, uh, it's not actually, a, there's a crossover episode coming out later, or a tribute episode. This is definitely not a Sleep With Me episode. It's a guest appearance I did on Sleep Whispers, along with uh, some bonus material where uh, uh, the host of Sleep Whispers and I talk about uh, how to do creaky dulcet tones, how, how to whisper. Uh, then there's an episode of Sleep Whispers that we did, and then after that is a very long discussion with Craig and I, the host of Sleep Whispers, where we get into like details about making making sleep podcasts. Uh, probably be very interesting to those of you that like meta stuff, uh, like the making of the show and and that uh, kind of stuff. Um, uh, but it's definitely not a regular episode of Sleep with Me. May not be sleepy to everybody. And it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be. This is something fun for the weekend that you could check out and uh, see how it goes. Uh, and then say, well, Jesus, this interests me. I'm going to check out Sleep Whispers podcast, too. Or if you're here, interested in hearing Scoots uh, playing a little bit different uh, sandbox. Uh, all right. So you're going to hear Craig whispering to start. Then he'll explain the setup. And then it'll be Craig and I talking. It'll be Craig and I whispering, Harris and I, Harris and Scooter whispering, and it'll be Craig and Drew talking again. Uh, thanks, and on with the show. Welcome to another bonus episode. Now, I first have to warn you right away. You are about to hear my real talking voice, which you may not find relaxing or helpful for sleeping. And be further warned, there will be someone else's talking voice in this podcast episode. You are about to hear a conversation between myself and Drew Ackerman, the host of the Sleep With Me podcast. I explain in episode 137, how this all came to be, and chances are you've listened to that episode. In this 90-minute bonus episode, you will hear the same 40-minute whisper conversation that you heard in episode 137, but you'll also get to hear us talking in our normal voices for about eight minutes before the whisper session. Then you'll hear the 40-minute whisper session, and then you'll hear us talking for another 40 minutes in our normal voices after the whisper session. So it starts off with Drew giving me tips for how to talk in his dulcet tone style, and I'm giving him tips for how to talk in a whisper, and then we go into the 40-minute whisper session, and then after that is the 40-minute session of us talking about what just happened, the entire unplanned whisper session that really surprised both of us 
And then we just keep talking a lot about behind-the-scenes stuff about our podcasts and podcasting. The, the episode will end sort of suddenly because I think Drew's recorder ran out of battery. So the last thing you'll hear is me imitating the, <laughs> the bizarre noise that I purposely make to mark mistakes when I'm recording. It's a strange but somewhat suitable ending to this episode. Anyway, I, I hope you enjoy it. Oh, and if you want to hear more of Drew's sleep-inducing dulcet tones, then just click the link in the show notes of this episode, and that'll take you right to his Sleep With Me podcast. Alright, here's your last warning. This is about to change from me whispering into me and Drew talking. So you may have to turn your volume down. Alright, are you ready with your volume knob? Alright. Now on to the fun. All right, my recording is at one second, two second, three second, four second. Okay. Are you close to that? Yeah, I think so. All right, you go ahead and do the one, two, three call for the snap. Okay, uh, snap after I say three. So one, two, three, snap. Yep. It sounded like it was right on. Yeah. <laughs> Be a learning. It's a new yeah. learn, another learning <laughs> opportunity. This is the amateur hour. So. So let's see. So I'm here with uh, my buddy Craig, and we're doing a little session uh, where uh, we practice a creaky dulcet. This is creaky dulcet tone class with uh, my student Craig, and yes. uh, he's here. Oh, wait, or uh, actually, should I should my <laughs> actually my student Harris, a, aka well, Craig? It's a good uh, question. Formally, do we do I do I call you Drew? Do I call you Scooter? Do you call me Harris? Do you call me Craig? We we haven't established that yet. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like I'm comfortable with. Uh, I guess I'm comfortable with either one. Like like I go back yeah. and forth in my brain, so uh, I'm comfortable either way. What are you more comfortable with? Well, I feel right now. <laughs> I'm going to sound like I have a split personality. But, uh, right now, I feel like you're talking to Craig. And I feel like okay, I'm talking great. to Drew, and we're teaching okay. each other, we're going to teach each other how to be our alter egos. Yes, yes, yeah. So, and this is that's good that you bring it up, Craig, because I think like a big part we were talking before we started recording about creaky dulcet tones, mm -hmm. and and actually I was recording I recorded a podcast episode earlier today, and what's interesting is. I was thinking about when you talk about yourself in the third person, because I was watching a TV show where someone was talking about themselves in the third person. And I was reading this article about how, oh, it's a good way, uh, it can be a good way to help cope with stress uh, to think about yourself or talk about yourself in the third person. 
And so as you start to think about how to speak in creaky dulcet tones, Mm -hmm. I want you to think about how would you help Craig speak in creaky dulcet tones if you were coaching Craig instead of learning yourself. uh, And I I would tell you, okay, when when you're working with Craig later, like just tell him it's you get you got you know right now you could put your hands on your knees and you can lean forward, mm. or you could kind of put your back against your chair oh, and sink in. I, I like that. And you could be there and you say, "Hey, Craig, uh, how do you feel now? Like uh, you know, there's one person out there listening to you, mm. and you're you're just at the perfect distance from their bed, and I just want you to start talking to them and say, uh, uh, my, uh, like, uh, why don't you think about." Uh, telling them a trip you took on a bicycle uh, from point A to point B, or you could, or easier might be to describe what you had for breakfast. And why don't you give yeah. Craig an example, Craig, of doing that? Yeah, or, or even what if I've ever eaten breakfast on a bicycle, which is definitely that's never happened. But the first visual I had when you mentioned a bicycle is. I had this idea once that I could put together two bicycles, and I oh. I took the the front wheel off one bicycle, and then I attached the fork to the back side of another bicycle, and it was just a bad idea. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a bi bicycle. It wasn't a bi a it, double bi it bicycle. Looked, it looked like a tandem bicycle, but it didn't have the have the support for it, and when I, me and the other person went around a corner, the the bike just kind of folded sideways and fell over and broke. So that that was the first visual I had when you mentioned a bicycle. That's why I haven't thought of that in a long time. A broken a broken bicycle. Yeah. Uh, built for two. Bad idea. Yes, there's a lot of good bees in there, and I think I think you kind of have it. Like so. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have it down. Like, I think you're going to do a good job of teaching Craig. Uh, like, uh, it's just kind of like letting things roll, like the bicycle. And sometimes yeah. you'll crash. And the nice thing is, you say, "Oh dear, we crashed." And another secret magic that uh, bicycles don't have is you say, "Oh dear, we crashed." And then you pause, or you you know sometimes don't tell anybody this, Craig. But sometimes. I'll pause and then I'll start using really bad words and then I'll go back to being calm again. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just edit that right out of the podcast. <laughs> like, uh, uh, so, so that could go stay calm. But if you, if the bike crashes, you say, Oh, shooting, rooting, tooting, darn scooting. <laughs> and, and then you say, Oh, I'll just edit that out later. <laughs> Unless you actually say shooting, rooting, darn tooting. But you're right, right about right. The, the calmness, the, I can I can feel the the, the creakiness kind of settle in and, and and come a little more naturally when I just when I when I feel calm and when I feel relaxed and just let it flow out instead of thinking about talking. Right, and I'm interested to hear from you of like whispering, but for me, the creaky dulcets. Uh, is the idea of a kid being in bed and the mm-hmm. kid can't sleep and they, they they don't want to go to school the next day and they know there's nothing they can do to fall asleep and they're just hoping an adult's going to come and they're not going to give them answers 
And then it's not going to say, well, just fall asleep or just close your eyes or just just relax. Why can't you just relax? They just wanted someone to come and say, hey, I'm just going to sit here. Sucks you can't sleep. I'm going to be here with these tones, and I'm just going to talk to you, and I'm going to talk about your comforter because it's got – is that piling on your comforter? I don't know what that is. And I, You know, how come when I went over to kids' houses for sleepovers, I, I always said – Man, where do these kids get their comforters? Because mine is not up to snuff. Uh, uh, so I guess that's the idea that creaky dulcet tones. And so for you, where does either where do we start with whispering, or where does the whispering come from? Yeah, what I've learned about whispering, at least for me, is you don't push the air out. Whispering, the definition or the, the what's really happening is you're not vibrating your vocal cords. And so it's very much different from the creaky dulcet tones where you are relying on that vibration. So with whispers, it's about just speaking with the air. But what I noticed when I first started was I would push the air out because I, I would think I would have to push the air into the microphone, but instead visualize that someone is right next to you and it's your best friend. It's someone you really care about and you're right up against their ear and that's how you want to treat the microphone. It's like it's someone's ear that you really care about and you have something, maybe it's interesting, maybe it's something caring that you want to tell them, but it's not very dramatic and it's just personal. It's just between you and that person, and just letting the feeling of that come out as you whisper. So, I uh, I think I'm still pushing air, Craig, yep. even though I'm trying not to. <laughs> right. So, it's just a matter of kind of use this, the spaces between your words rather than pushing the air between your words. And so right now I'm just, I'm just thinking that there's, there's someone who's right next to me and I'm, I'm two inches away from their ear and I'm just, it it feels like you're two inches from my ear. (laughs) Does it? Yeah. It feels like you're almost in my brain. So one thing that happens is when I, when I whisper and I, I make myself laugh is I've also learned to laugh out my nose, so it it comes out as puffs of air when I laugh, and I don't... You probably shouldn't drink and whisper at the same time, then. No, you would be blowing milk or soda or, or something out your nose, which you really shouldn't be, but you're getting there, and just it's that visual, the way you gave me that visual of someone who's who's right there, and you're letting your sounds just naturally reach them. Okay, so when my natural sounds reach them, like, I have a bike in my garage that I haven't repaired, and I've been meaning to bring it in for like three years. I wish I could, I I wish I could, uh, I don't know why I'm so worried about bringing it in for a tune-up, but I am. Yeah. So that that sounds better. I can hear more of a natural 
whisper style and just make sure even though like if you were whispering to someone you'd be like two inches away from the ear but some microphones don't like that so make sure you're not like just right up against your microphone because that air because now you're speaking with air and it'll push the air still at the microphone so I use a distance of about you know when you make a hang loose signal with your hand and you stick your thumb out and your pinky out and oh it, wow uh, so you're that far away yeah so you can get in a little bit closer than that but you never want to be closer than a fist oh wow this is because uh, when I make my podcast I get super close so I think it makes me paranoid about whispering <laughs> that I'm further away uh, can you hear me Greg Greg oh, yeah you sound really good and that's that's what I've learned surprises me is that the microphones are really good at grabbing your whispers so you don't need to push them in or shove them in the microphones will find your gentle whispers and they'll just have you ever thought about calling your microphone whisper grabber <laughs> no but I like, like a sword no, I like that idea, though. I've never named my microphone. I actually use two microphones. Like, a, you're like a, a double-fisted swordsman or something? Yeah, I have two of them. Two sword grabbers pointed at my head. But for this recording, I figured you were going mono, so those two, my two microphones, are just recording into one mono file. So listeners won't hear anything stereo coming from my end. Oh wow. I didn't I did not know that. That's interesting. And and so each ear has a different part of a whisper in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so I will normally record in stereo and I'll move my voice from one microphone to the other microphone. And that gives the listeners more of a personal, intimate experience. But I don't... Oh, yeah. I, I try not to do it too much. So if I'm reading listener feedback, I'll read that listener's feedback in one microphone, and then I'll read the next listener feedback into the other microphone. So it gives a bit of an ear-to-ear. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. It's it's hard enough for me to whisper in one microphone. So, did you start out in two, or did you slowly get there? No, I, I, I always have used two microphones. The big changes I've made are going from condenser microphones to dynamic microphones. <laughs> and I just, okay. I keep going back and forth, because condenser microphones are nice and sensitive and they pick up the nuances so well but then they grab more background noise so same here we're we're like microphone buddies i've gone back and forth too yeah it's i have a i have a huge box of microphones because i keep experimenting i've tried lapel microphones 
like handheld style singer microphones, shotgun microphones, front facing, you know, funky looking ones from the company Blue, and it's, it's just so many choices out there, and I, I keep trying different ones. Sometimes I get microphone shame, because I have a nice microphone inside a shoe in my closet that's just sitting there. What is it? Oh, now this now this feels very intimate, because I feel like you're sharing a secret with me. Yeah, and then I wonder, is it me or the microphones? I say, oh, I don't like this microphone. And then I, but I still do it for 30 or 40 episodes. And then I say, oh, well, let's try again. And then I put that microphone away. And then a part of me says, what are you going to do with that microphone? Are you going to sell it? Are you going to leave it there? Are you going to use it? Who does those kind of things? And then I try to not think about it and, uh, you know, go for a walk. I have so much microphone guilt because I keep buying microphones and testing them. I, I went searching early on to find out what microphones are best for whispering. And no one really puts out information about how a microphone responds to whispering. So I, have, I keep buying them and, and trying different ones. And then I change my mind and I have to have like a, a microphone yard sale or something. Yeah, but don't sell Whisper Grabber. No. Because it, it, you should put it up on the mantle if you need it. And then one day, when the whispers rise, you could grab it off the mantle and use it, you know, in some heroic way. Yeah, I am I am committed to Whisper Grabber. This Whisper Grabber is my favorite one, and we are going, going far together, I think, because uh, I've done the most recordings with with this microphone. And it's me and Whisper Grabber to eternity, I think. Oh, that's great. I'll like keep Whisper Grabber in mind. Now, did you ever have someone whisper to you that you liked, that made you like whispering? Or was it something you just thought about and then decided to do? Oh, there's lots of people whose who's whispering I really like. There's ASMR artists who are on YouTube. And Maria Gentle Whispering is great. And Emma Whispers Red. And there was a podcaster who never gave his real name over his podcast, but the name of his podcast was ASMR Sleep Station. And he had such a genuine way of whispering. He was just so natural and he would just hit record and just ramble. And that was one of my big inspirations. You should do an episode, Whisper Hall of Fame, where you talk about your favorite whispers. You don't rank them, though. You just, uh, everybody's number one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. And it's just so many different styles, too. And I always feel like everybody's else who whispers 
does it better than I do. <laughs> I have whisper insecurity, I guess. I hear someone else do a whisper recording, and I think, oh, that just sounds so good. And then I listen to myself, and I, I get critical. Yeah, I think that's natural. You're doing a great job, Greg. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're a great whisperer. <laughs> Keep Thanks, up the good Greg. work. <laughs> Thank you. How's I it? think I've already learned from you, and this is why I can say you're a great whisperer, is that your whisper comes from your heart, and I can sense that in your whispers. And I say, I'm still thinking about my whispers. One day, I could whisper like Craig and come straight from my gut and my heart to the ears. But I don't know. Also, I might, I, I don't know, I could put myself to sleep whispering, too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've fallen asleep to my own whispers. Sometimes I'll, I'll do my recording and I'll post it. And then later in the day, I go to sleep, and I just want to make sure that it posted okay, and that it sounds okay, coming back to me from my mobile device. And I'll be in bed, and I'll put it on, and I'll start listening. And at first, I usually get kind of critical, and then I stop being critical of myself. And I can sometimes put myself to sleep with my own whispers. You should add messages to say, and by the way, Greg, you're doing a great job, and keep up the good work. I know it's not easy, and, uh, you know, put in little messages. I also listen a lot, too, because I think it's important so that you say, oh, what did that sound like, or, oh, did the files change when I uploaded them? so that you're thinking about the person on the other end of the whispers or the dulcets. Yeah, I like that idea. I've never really talked to myself that way in my podcast. And I can imagine, I think my listeners would be very amused that if I did a little aside to myself, I'd be like, you all just, just go to sleep. Don't worry about me. I'm just leaving myself a message. And then to go ahead and just talk to myself. I think my listeners would be very amused by that. And it sounds fun to do. I like that idea. Like, yeah, because you have... Not, yeah, because Harris could be looking out for Craig and say, well, Harris doesn't have to go to the grocery store or do dishes. Craig has to do all that. So at least Harris could say, Hey, Greg, thanks for keeping me fed. Thanks for giving me water. Thanks for cleaning up. Uh, get some rest, Greg, and I'll take care of the whispers, even though you take care of me. So you really take care of the whispers. That sounds comforting. I like that. It's, it's like those movies where people make clones of themselves. And they have some of the clones do some of the work. And then they make some more clones. And each clone has a task. And really it's one person who's cloned. But now they're a team of people. And so, I like that visual of 
Harris not being just my alter ego, but a clone of myself. And Craig is a clone of Harris. And so Craig does the dishes. Craig does the shopping. But Harris, he takes care of the podcast. And so together, they're a nice clone team. Working yeah, hard. unless we made a movie about it. And then it would be called Harris is on strike. And it would be one day Harris says, sneaks it into the podcast and says, you know what, Craig, I'm fed up with this podcast and you and the fact you didn't buy me gummy bears. So that's it. I'm going on strike. And then Craig would be stuck living both lives. But I think in reality it would turn out fine. But if it was a movie... We could, you know, I don't know what we'd do, but it would be, uh, sounds like it wouldn't be a very good movie, actually. Probably better for a sleep podcast. Well, I like the visual, though, of what would happen is that Harris would then have to go into Craig's work, and Harris would have to be sitting in committee meetings and whispering his contributions, and then he'd have to go give lectures and whisper the lectures, and the students would be very confused. They would just wonder if Craig, or this person who looks just like Craig, but he's whispering, if maybe he had something wrong with his throat, or if he had throat surgery or throat infection. Like, why is he whispering his lecture? So yeah, they, they would be so like strange. That. It would relate to some strange situations. I think, like, it reminds me of Freaky Friday. Yes. I think, would it be okay if uh, Dwayne and the Rock Johnson played you in the movie? Oh, I would be honored. I, I've been watching, my wife and I have been watching the movie Ballers. And the man, have you seen Ballers, the TV show with Dwayne Johnson? I haven't seen it. I just saw Skyscraper, though. Okay. And he was really good in that. He's so big. The man is just huge. He's unreal. I don't know how they make his clothes. He must be like a bunch of giants who try on all his clothes and then make them for him. Because he could if he whispered to his clothes too and says, hey, you're doing a great job. Uh, thanks for clothing me. Or his tailor. Maybe that's it. He's, he's going to receive an award. And then he has to whisper to his tailor because his biceps got bigger and ripped his shirts. And he's got to have some special clothes. And then the uh, tailor can't hear him. And uh, then, I don't know, then, yeah, the movie keeps going from there. Yeah, that would it would be so interesting to hear the rock whisper because he's this monster of a, of a person. But to hear him whisper would just put my brain, I think, in a knot. Because yeah, you, you, would say, you don't expect that. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> and he could say that if he made breakfast in bed for somebody. Uh, and it would fit in there just perfect. Yeah, I think it'd be good. I think you could action an action star that can't yell would be interesting. I could visualize him in the kitchen making breakfast 
and he's whispering, and he puts a couple slices of bacon onto a pan, and you can hear them sizzling, but they're not sizzling. They're whispering, but he thinks they're sizzling. And then he leans forward, and then he can start to hear that they're not just sizzling, but it's whispering bacon. I like it. That, could that be the name of your other uh, <laughs> microphone? Bacon Whisper? Or the Whisper of Bacon? Maybe that would be your cologne. Oh. Or that could be his cologne. The Whisper of Bacon. I, ah. I like that. Whispered Bacon and Eggs. You could have all sorts of permutations of that cologne. I, Everybody loves bacon. And just when you add whispering to it, it's just a whole new flavor of bacon that puts you to sleep. So people would start having, like, stuffed bacon pillows. And they would cuddle with them, and they'd be all coated in soft fleece. And they'd whisper people to sleep while you cuddled your fleece-covered stuffed bacon. It sounds like they could put us out of business, though. That's like uh, if 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 pillows start to make their own podcasts, what would we do? I guess I guess we could coach them, though. You could say, "Well, this is how you whisper," and I could say, "Well, this is how you uh, go off topic and have creaky meanders and uh, superfluous dialogue, unresolved metaphors, and you know, wonder." What would it be right like if the rock could whisper? Yeah, I, I think, I think the stuffed bacon and the whispering bacon would, would still hire us. Probably to answer all their emails, because you're right. I think if there was a piece of whispering bacon out there that made a podcast, I'd have to listen to that. I'd tell all my friends. They'd say, "What are you listening to?" And I'd have to explain it's. It's whispering bacon. And they would tune into that. And the only job left for me would be answering all the emails they get. Well, yeah, especially if you patent it. Like, uh, especially, like, maybe that's solving a problem. Like, is your kitchen too loud? Your bacon making a bunch of noise. Waking the family up. Try this new bacon. Whisper bacon. It's quiet doesn't make a sound. Well, it does make a sound, but it's not pushing the air. It's just sending a message uh, that the bacon's almost ready. I wonder if that's why we always cook bacon in pairs. Like, I, I never visualize one piece of bacon in a pan. I always visualize or cook two pieces of bacon and I think that's because that sizzling is them whispering to each other. I bet you if you cooked just one piece of bacon, it'd be silent. Because it doesn't have another piece of bacon to whisper to. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Be, it might be crying, though, because it's lonely. Yeah. Cool. And you'd have to whisper to it and say, It's okay. I'm just going to fry you and eat you. There's nothing to worry about at all. Yeah, I, I'm confident that even bacon needs to be consoled. It doesn't matter if you're a single piece of bacon or you're Dwayne Johnson. 
I think everybody wants somebody. And Dwayne Johnson, if he was a piece of bacon, he'd want another person with him as part of him. I think we all feel, we all, we all are, are looking for our other slice of bacon. Yeah. Like, uh, it's an eternal question. It's interesting because Skyscraper was kind of a family movie, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big guy, but he's very gentle also. He's, he's got a good heart. He might even have two hearts. Two hearts that whisper to each other. I mean, I could see that he's got enough room in there for a whole family of hearts. All Dr. O, Dr. O has two hearts. Dwayne Johnson. He could be Dr. O, too. It's possible. Well, not now, but one day. But he's not English. So that would be a, a challenge. Who's who's Dr. Oates? Dr. O. He's a... Oh, Dr. O. Yeah, I, didn't, oh. I, never, I never knew about him until I did the podcast. And I found out he has two hearts. So I thought it was an interesting point to be in there. Uh, when you said Dwayne Johnson has two hearts. I never heard that about... You're talking about Doctor Who, the guy that travels in a British phone box. Yes, yes, that's the one. I didn't know he had two hearts. Well, now you do, so now your life is going to be so much fuller. (laughs) Well, that explains why you're so loved, is with two hearts you have a lot of love to give. And it's supposed to be that the more love you give, the more love you get. So that makes sense, because Doctor Who is like the the Bob Ross of time travel. There's just some people that are widely loved, and Doctor Who is, is one of them. Yeah, plus he has great circulation if you have two hearts. Your hands are probably always warm, too. So when you shake someone's hand... Or pat them on the back. They say, ooh, that's warm. Like, kind of like a whisper. Say, ooh, that makes me feel better. Uh, true. I think you just, you just helped me understand something about myself. Now I'm afraid I might only have one small heart because I have cold hands all the time. Or if I have two hearts, they're very small. Because I just, my fingers get always cold. So I think I need to order another heart. Do you know where I can order another heart? I don't know, but I I think I can eat. My hands are either, my hands get cold too. So it's nothing to be worried about. I think it's like common among podcasters. Because you're always overthinking. So all the blood's up in your brain, trying to figure everything out. And your hands say, hey, what about us? And your brain says, I got problems to figure out. I need that up here. So I think uh, if we thought less, our hands probably would be warm. But uh, if we thought less, then we wouldn't be able to help people fall asleep. I like that visual of, I have all this blood in my body. And it's not hanging out in my hands at all 
hang out in my brain because it's, it's doing so much thinking which keeps me from falling asleep. But all I need is like a little, a little trap door in my head so I could stick my hands in there to warm them up. That would then, that would kind of even everything out. It could be another job for you, like the Blood Whisperer, and you say, Hey, get back to Craig's hands. Uh, warm them up, please. I guess we'd need sentient blood, but that probably is only a few years off. Say, hey, get back there. Warm those hands up. Yeah. And, uh, might be strange, though, in public to whisper to people's hands. But, uh, could be a thing. I don't think it will be, but maybe. I, I don't think people would mind. I think they'd be okay with that. Whispering is such a... Is such a non-threatening thing. But... I guess some people can find it strange if they don't know you. So maybe I won't go up to strangers and and do that. But I'll whisper to my friend's hands. I'll tell him first. I'll be like, Joe, I'm going to whisper to your hands. How do you feel about that? And I think Joe would be okay with that. He'd maybe you could set up a, a, a stand in the park. Like Charlie Brown, like, uh, I don't know who that was, Charlie Brown's friend. Lucy. Uh, Lucy, she was the mean one. Yeah. You wouldn't be mean. And you could say, uh, freehand whispering. Uh, I guess I would still be, strangers might still say, you say you're hard of free hugs. Here's freehand whispering. People would say, what does it do? And you could say, I don't know, it feels good. What do you want me to talk to? Your lymph system, your blood system, your skin cells. I do everything. You want me to talk to your mitochondria? I'll tell them they're doing a great job. Yeah. And call your apparatus. I'll, I'll talk to all of them. And because you've set up a stand and you're allowing people to come to you, they'd feel safer. They'd feel more comfortable with you whispering into their hands because you're not approaching them. They're approaching you. And when they would come to me, I would whisper to their hands. And I'd whisper to their mitochondria. And if they were from Star Wars, I'd whisper to their midichlorians. And I'd whisper right into the force. And if maybe that would help them. If you could whisper to Anakin Skywalker as a kid, what would you whisper to him? As he was laying his head down. Focus on happy thoughts. Focus on being a good person. And do your hardest to never stray from that. But I don't think it would do any good. But I hope he would. I hope he'd try. I think he would. I think he would listen. So I'd probably give him some books. Lots of happy books with happy pictures. So that he could look at them and read them. And be inspired to stay good. And do kind things. I think that would help him. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it would be, he was so cute. You'd say, you're so cute. I came from the future, though. And uh, I'm here to whisper because you don't want to. 
I guess that would kind of would not be good for the whispering if you said, oh boy, it, it, if you think Darth Maul's bad, just wait. But, uh, say, hey, buddy, I used to have, when I was little, I had the same haircut as Anakin when he was a little kid. That ball cut. But I didn't turn into Darth Vader. But I also don't have the Force. Well, that's good news, because that establishes he didn't become Darth Vader because his haircut made him bad. So we wouldn't need to change his haircut. And that's kind of good news, because kids aren't always happy with that. But yeah, it could be something else. It'd be nice, though, even if you couldn't help him not be Darth Vader, you could help him sleep at the time, and that would still be successful. Not changing his path, but making his current path more pleasant as he walks it. Oh, I think you're onto something. I think you're right. I know what Obi-Wan you... said that to me one time. Oh, you have wisdom. So does Obi-Wan. Because when I don't get enough sleep, I get cranky. A lot of kids, they get cranky. And I guess some kids, if they don't get enough sleep, they get so cranky, they become Darth Vader. So, I guess the best thing we could do is either to whisper to him as a little boy and help him get sleep, or talk to him in creaky dulcets. Say, good, good job, Anakin. Yeah. I know you like pod racing and going around in circles. I know Watto sucks, and he's a bad boss, and I wish she didn't have to work for him, and also whoever that dude is that always races in the pod race that cheats, that's not fair, and I don't know, must not be easy being you, Anakin. Here's, here's Greg to tell you more. Yeah, and I would help him find good podcasts to listen to while he's pod racing. Because I just, I hear pod racing, and I think a podcast goes with pod racing. They just two peas in a pod. And I would encourage him to listen to maybe your dulcet tones or to some whispering yeah, while he I was pod racing. That. I would probably make it so boring that he would say, he would forget all about that stuff and say, well, uh, maybe I'll go do something else instead of, uh, I don't know. That Watto reminds me of why I started my podcast because te- I had trouble with teachers. And they were always on my case. And then it made me not like going to school. And I was always worried about school. So... I don't know how we could help Anakin, though. Maybe if we had a time machine, we could go back and get him. But then what if we brought him into the present, and then the same thing happened? Also, he's fictional, so that could also cause an issue with the time-space thing. Well, I'm not worried about that, really, because time machines are fictional, so we're just going to commit, and we're going to do it all. I'm going to have a time machine... And we're going to get Anakin Walker. And we're going to bring him back to our time. Because the one thing that I've never seen in a Star Wars movie that I know that if we showed to Anakin Walker would make him feel good inside would be bacon. 
Yeah, I think he could use some bacon for breakfast and then a coloring book. Maybe he could do some coloring. And uh, that might relax him and unwind him. I think we gotta unknot him and say, hey, Anakin, sounds like you got a couple knots inside. We need to undo. Also, I don't know, I guess I can relate to Anakin because I tend to be an all or nothing person. And it feels like as he grew up, he became an all or nothing thinker. And that's what ended up doing him in his need for certainty. And that's one thing I always fall into. Yeah. So I'd say, hey, you deserve love, Anakin. You deserve to be happy. But you can't be happy all the time. But you're going to be okay. Even when things don't go well. People are there to love you. Padma loves you. Obi-Wan loves you. Yoda loves you, maybe. I don't know. He, he likes you, at least. And, uh... Yes, some of the Mace Windu, I think he likes you a lot, so it's not going to be easy, but uh, you you deserve, uh, I don't know, Anakin, we're just trying to help you with this whispering, I, but actually, it would, it, it would be a disaster for our entertainment if we help you, but we might need to clone you or something, I don't know. I think you should tell him all that. Because it's just so helpful. And tell him that while he's coloring. Because you could start off by telling him that it's okay to color outside the lines. You don't have to worry about the certainty of staying within the lines. And you could start expanding his horizon and his thought process with the coloring book. And make sure he doesn't feel stressed and tense. If he colors outside the lines, I'm going to show him it's okay. And every page is going to have different pictures of Care Bears. I'm going to explain to him that Care Bears are about caring. And we want him to grow up to be a caring, helpful person. But I'm worried he's going to be confused that when he sees the Care Bears... He's going to think they're Ewoks. And no matter what we tell him, he's going to think that we're calling the Ewoks Care Bears. So we, we probably need to find a way to deal with that. Well, we could just spray paint the Ewoks. And then, uh, I don't know, I think that would be, I, I like your idea. I'm seeing Anakin is here sleeping too. Yeah. They're like so really soothing him with the Care Bears. Because I think that's what would help him, is if he knew, even if it was imaginary, that he was surrounded by the Care Bears. And he said, well, I got uh, this, you know, I'm feeling a little bit grouchy now. I got Grouchy Bear here, and Smiley Bear, yeah. and whatever. Uh, maybe I don't have to deal with the Emperor at all. And then he could be Darth Bear, and that would be less you know, off-putting to say, well, I'm, he could be Grouchy Bear instead of Darth Vader is much more palatable. I think that would help him communicate his feelings. That's a challenge for little boys and children and, and even adults is 
how to communicate your feelings. So you're right if you gave him all these different care bearers and each one was a different emotion or feeling. He could hold up the grouchy one. He could hold up the one that kind of looked a little bit like Darth Vader. And he could say, I feel like this right now. And we could ask him, does that feel good when you feel like that? And he'd say no, and we'd ask him to pick out another Care Bear and say if that one made him feel good. And he would pick up a Care Bear that maybe looked like bacon or maybe looked like something else. And that would make him feel better. I hope. I, I like that. That's powerful. And then maybe instead of conquering the universe, he would just help people conquer their own fears. And uh, and then help, you know, he'd say, oh, by the way, if you need to get to sleep, when I was pod racing, it was really intense. And I listened to these two podcasts to fall asleep. And uh, you could check those out too. Uh, let me also... He'd say, let me give you a hug, or you can pat my belly. And maybe he would do something like the Pillsbury Doughboy as a Care Bear and say, googly, googly, goo. I, I think he would, because there's no way that you could grow up and be a bad person if you always said googly, googly, goo. I don't think there's ever been a, a bad person in history who has done bad things. And then right before and right after doing that bad thing said, googly googly goo. So I, I think that's great. And if we can get that into his vocabulary, then we are going to help him. We're going to help him kind of bridge himself into a good, kind person. Yeah, so we're kind of talking you in now, Anakin. And we're saying good night. You've done good. Yeah. And now you have a new path in front of you. And uh, I want you to get ready for bed, and Greg's going to tuck you in one last time here. All right, Anakin, you have all your Care Bears around you. I know you think they look like Ewoks, and if you want to call them Ewoks, you can. But they're Care Bears, and we call them that because they care for you, and they're all nuzzled around you. And they're all going to protect you. And they love you. And you love them. And I want you to just focus on that love. And I want you to drift off thinking about each one. And how each one cares for you. Good night, Anakin. Good night, Anakin. Okay. <laughs> wow. I d I didn't expect that. That was that was a fun little adventure. Yeah, yeah, that worked uh, better than the uh yeah. <laughs> um cool. Yeah, that worked out great. Wow, that was uh kind of like when you you go in for in uh like an interview and they, you know, you think it's going to go one way, but they have something else plan for you or it just they naturally just takes a turn and you're like oh okay i guess we'll see how this goes <laughs> that, but that was yeah. fun like it was it was hard 
that was hard. Like you, I can see your natural talent for that. Well, our brains are, our brains were flooded with uh, whatever glucose and blood or whatever's in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, yeah, uh, it gets pitch a little Annie's sleep now. So <laughs> yeah, your your brain is very good at staying in the imagination and then bridging it to something else to carry the story to keep the story going and i'm like oh i i felt like small you know a little uh oh, it was uh, awesome. learning I, from I felt... where she were going i'm like okay i see what he's doing and it's it's, it's hard but it's fun at the same time yeah so we it's like uh it's so weird how it always like you said like i've been having i've had this intro i've wanted to do for like uh, like I had, I had notes on, and then I've sat down like five times in a row the past three weeks, and I've been like, "Okay, I think it's like having it like okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about that, and then something else comes up, and then I'm like, okay, I'll just talk about this then." It is <laughs> like, oh, I, I guess knowing that's in my back pocket, it like uh, g- gives you more confidence to be like, oh, let's just see how the, where this goes. Right, giving yourself the the freedom. And the confidence just to allow it to go and not to worry about, and which is ironic because it's going back to coloring outside the lines. <laughs> These yeah. lessons we're trying to give Anakin are lessons we're still trying to learn ourselves of just go with the flow and be in the moment. Right, but it's like weird how the solutions come up. Like you found the Care Bears and it's like, oh, okay, that probably would have stopped. Uh, <laughs> it's too bad. <laughs> too bad we didn't have those because it would have been handy back then yeah. to uh, stop uh, total disaster. That <laughs> was a fun challenge. And you did great with the whispering. Oh, how, good. Yeah. How, how, like, how did it feel for like you? A, you know, I like I could feel like it, it was like listening to you. Like I was like, okay. Like I can see the head spit, like it, like it's like it, I, I wasn't falling asleep, but I was definitely in a relaxed state, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's like for me, it is like that whispering that just trails off, and then it's like when I fall asleep. So then I was just like, I, I was just like, Drew, don't overthink the, just 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 do your best, like don't overthink the whispering. And then part yeah. of me is like, I don't know if you're whispering that good, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, let's we, we can't figure out whispering in one night. Let's just do our best, like just keep go, like don't pull me, like it's like okay. I'm doing the best whispering I can. Don't pull me out of it right now, you know? But you did great. I could tell when you started, you were a little more so pushing air. And then as you just allowed it to naturally happen and, and just to be in the moment, it sounded more like a natural, intimate whisper. Yeah. I mean, I think once once we got like our, like, inner, like it was like, okay. Like once we started talking like between us, then it was like, okay. Then I got the hang of like, okay, I'm just whispering. Like, it's like we're whispering to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, yeah, it just made it easier. It was just like kind of following your lead. And I found one for myself, if if I brought my whisper, like when I was whispering, if I mentioned something sensitive or caring, it, it recentered my whispering. Like, it would have to bring it back to saying something caring because the whispers happen so naturally when you're talking about something positive. And and what was really good was the whole theme that you brought up of how do you make Anakin become or how do you influence him to become a good person? It's a great topic to whisper about because it's very positive. 
Yeah, I could feel like that. Yeah, it's definitely I could feel that when you were reset. Like it's like every time you you could feel I could feel your facial muscles almost like when you're like talking like the more positive or the more caring for Anakin it got or the more the passion about the bacon. It's like you, you could even sense. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, it's I, I can I can see how it is a uh, you know whether it's natural or learned or just a combination of the two is being able just to loosen your mind up so you can make all those connections you know those very nonlinear connections between topics and it's it's hard because I'm so used to making linear connections but yet I definitely enjoy trying to be creative. So it was a fun challenge. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, like it was like, yeah, it was, it was great. I thought, like, I was like, man, like that's perfect. Like, because I, I was like, a lot of it for me is like staying calm when it's not apparent, and then it's like, okay, where is this going? And then, then you, then it's like, oh wait, then you came up with the Care Bears, and I'm like, okay, like perfect, <laughs> like like, and then it's like, like, uh, yeah, like, like it's like, oh, okay, the story's like that's what happens in the story swap. It's like, oh, Craig found the Care Bears. That's what, what he, he reached in the muck, and they came out <laughs> right when we needed them. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could tell when I was link. You know, I I'd, I'd get stuck on a topic, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure where the leap is. You know, maybe maybe Drew has an idea of where to leap to next, and. I, I definitely felt, at least for myself, finding more of our flow together as we got further along. Right. I felt very unsure at the beginning, you know, of what I should do and what I could do. And then I felt better near the end. Yeah, it's like getting off a train station in another country or something. You're mm -hmm. like, wait a second, what? And then after like 30 minutes, you're like, oh, okay, I got to just ask somebody or whatever. Okay, it's like... A, you get a little calmer and you're like and then you're like, Oh, okay, I'm here to enjoy myself. <laughs> Look it, around. Does it do you feel tired after you do a podcast? Because of that is that does take a lot of creativity and it, it literally is making extra connections in your brain, which I I I envision and projection would feel even though fun and engaging would feel tiring afterwards yeah i mean i definitely like i'm i like like only like most days my recording schedule is like i'll record an intro like the first 13 minutes of the show one day and then the episode another day because it's like i've just found that yeah it's like if i if i if i'm like behind and i have to do an entire episode or something then it's mm -hmm. like and i do it like that that then the rest of the day is like super difficult. Like it's like yeah. oh man. I mean I try to I try to do everything. I don't record in the morning, but like I try to get. You know I'm pretty good at like prioritizing, but mm -hmm. yeah, in the recording days, and it's definitely like I still procrastinate. Like where I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got to record at uh, whatever time, and then it's like oh well, and I mean, especially now because. Uh, there's so much going on in the world. It's like, well, let me just check the news. And then you like start checking the news. You're like, good God. It's uh, <laughs> not going to get you a good spirit. Yeah. Um, or, oh, let me just see like if there's anything in my email. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always like you make it, it's like with, I mean, it's the same thing for you probably. It's like somehow you always make it work, right? Like if you're, 
I mean, you yeah. don't have to be perfect, or you don't. The episodes don't always come out on time, but most of the time, it's like, oh, I'm trying to get it on time, like, because I look back and I'm like, how the hell? Like, it's like I don't even know how anybody does it. It's like, but it's like somehow you get it done. Yeah, and my my content is probably, and I think it is a lot easier than your content because most of mine, I'm just I'm just reading. You know, whether it's a story. I'm reading a Wikipedia page or um, reading listener feedback or I'm just sharing updates. Yours is a lot more creativity. And so I think that's, I, I see a lot more of you, you know, putting yourself into each episode to, to create those. And that's, that's not just the time that I may put in, just the recording time, the preparation time. But I think I just see more creative energy for you. Yeah, I think it, like it's like what I like. I think that's what makes it. It's weird. It's weird that it's like the hard work is what makes it sustainable for me. And I mean, I'm sure you experience this sometimes too with feedback. It's like it's a weird thing. It's like oh, like this is this is why I love making the podcast. Like it's mm-hmm. like the creative stuff, even though it's yeah. like a lot of work. It's like it, I mean, like sometimes listeners will be like, oh, why don't you do it this way or this way? And it's like, wouldn't that be easier? And it's like, yeah, but then it wouldn't be sustainable. Like it's like like yeah. if it's easy. Like, right. I'm sure like what you dive into is because it stimulates you like, mm-hmm. and it like keeps you coming back to keep it coming, coming out. Like it's like, and when people are like, oh, just do it the easy way so you could put me to sleep. You're like, well, that wouldn't, that's when the, <laughs> the podcast would come to a close. Like when you start. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, you got to keep coming back and putting them out. Like if something's got to, else has got to be like, what, do you think it's for you? Is it like, um, like, is it your all the knowledge you have of ASMR, or is it like the connection with the listeners, or is it uh, is it just it's like learning as I go? Is is a big part of it? Is I think like I'll have these ideas, and I think they're good ideas, and maybe they're based upon what I understand about ASMR or what I understand about myself, or just what I think might be a good idea, and I try it, and it's it doesn't turn out to be a good idea for for whatever reason. It might be a style. It might be content. It might be the way I do it. And so I I think a lot of it comes from just experimenting. Keep trying different things. And my goal is to make a high-quality audio podcast that I think, I think that's probably my biggest strength in a way. Like I don't think it's my whisper style. I don't think it's my content. I think it's my willingness to experiment with the format of the show and the audio quality of the show because that is what I visualize is most important to helping my listeners fall asleep. Yeah. And, and for you, I think it's it's yeah, it's your style and your creativity. Yeah, but I think it's the same thing like that I relate to what you're saying is like the idea that it's a – it's still this testing ground and then this experiment and then there's this open, like, that's what I'm always like, Oh, maybe I'll do an episode about this. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And, and, uh, actually this summer, I, like usually it might not be the best episode, but I, like very rarely do I have to throw stuff out. But this summer I hit a patch where I did a couple episodes. I mean, I think it was like just the way it cult- things are culturally, that I had a couple episodes and and I put a ton of research into them about the World Cup and and uh, I did the, I recorded for like an hour and a half and mm-hmm. I was like I can't this isn't going to be releasable it's just too tri- triggering 
And then I tried to do it a different way. And then I was like, oh, this is just like, I was like, this just could, and like people could just take this the wrong way and run with it or it could. And then I'm like, I can't uh, release that. Like, and it was about, fl- yeah. I mean, who knew it would get to the point where it's like, oh, you can't celebrate all the flags of the world. But I was like, I can't, I was like, it was just too many variables where I felt like, and I was like, I had to throw all of it out. And I'm like, oh, so but it's you- still, I'm like, I get the chance to test it out still, like you said. What do you think was too triggering? What do you mean by that? Well, I did Is one it- about all of the um, national anthems. And I guess yeah. I didn't realize how many countries are born out of these fierce revolutions. Uh-huh. So that was the, the first one was like, I was trying to celebrate the national anthems. And actually it's more, and I was like, try, then I was like trying to avoid the triggering things in the national anthems. And then I was like, you know what? This is really, I'm not comfortable with um, picking and choosing from different, like, rewriting some national anthems and not rewriting other ones. Right. And so then I kind of felt like I was overthinking it when I was recording it. And I was like, this just isn't going to work. Like, like, and then doing the flags, it was kind of similar. It was like, uh, it was just like, Oh, like this, this part of the flag symbolizes this and this symbolizes this. And then I just, it's almost like always overthinking for me. And it's like, Oh, I'm overthinking this now in like, it's weird. Like you're always trying to make the best show to please the audience, but when you're worried about pleasing the audience, then you're then it doesn't work. Like then I was like, wait, I'm trying to way too hard to. I'm like, you know what? I just can't can't make it work. Like move on. I I also wonder, like hearing you explain that is the way I absorb what you're saying is. I might be worried about what I'm saying in my podcast, because I'm not always focused on pleasing the majority. Sometimes I'm more so worried about upsetting one person or two people. Like, do you ever feel that way? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Like, um, like yeah, I just crush my heart, you know, to get that email of, you know, uh, you know, I, I heard, you know, you're talking about this, and you know, that's not how I view it, and it it hits me in a different way than you intended it to. It's like, oh, gosh, yeah, I feel yeah. bad about, yeah, that. like I try. It's like hard to like, I feel like I've gotten good at like maintaining the balance and that my gut is like in two, like those ones, those two episodes, my gut was like, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. Like, and then once my gut spoke up, I think I was also under the deadline pressure. So I'm like, be quiet, gut. We could still tough this out. Like, we'll make it work. And my gut's like, I don't know. Like, these are these countries' beloved anthems. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you should be changing them. Like, uh, like if you're not going to rewrite everything and then like... I guess if I started in a, like in the first half hour, I was like, oh, okay, you're right. Like little Andy or whatever I call my gut, like we just won't record it. But it was like, sometimes when you get under the deadline, it's like, oh, I got to make this work. Um, but yeah, some, some stuff, it's like sometimes these seeds can get planted and it can be hard to shake. I've had it happen mm-hmm. before where it's like, and yeah, you're thinking of this one person and like, um, but I guess I've learned that there's so many I don't know. It's like, it gives you a chance to be like, Hey, I didn't even realize, like, I, I guess I like d- don't have the same window as you. So it's like, Oh, I didn't realize this would impact you. And right. like to validate it for the person and then be like, moving forward, I can do that. But then it's also like, Oh, moving forward, there are things that I can never guess will impact people. Or there's some stuff that's like, uh, that's just so specific. It's like, man, like, I don't know if, like 
it's like you could try to drive the boat around it, like money or politics mm. or uh, faith. But it's like, I mean, I try to, or other things, but it's like, so I tend to avoid all of those, but it's yeah. like, I don't know. At the same time, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Like, it's like such a weird thing to be in. I'm glad we've connected because it's like, yeah, like, yeah, how I, do you stay true to yourself and keep your listeners in mind? Uh, and, and yeah, it's a mind and bender. It's, and it's, it's a, we, you know, we, we have a platform and we have an audience and it sounds like you and I are very sensitive and aware of using that appropriately. But yet there's sometimes, I think the only thing that I ever said on my podcast, which might have been, you know, related to politics, was just encouraging people to vote. Like I just, I felt okay saying that, which is, you know, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you vote, just just get out there and vote so that way if things don't turn out the way you wanted them to, you don't have the feeling of regret that your voice wasn't heard. And I think that's better than voting and things don't turn out the way you want them to. You know, don't don't have that regret of just not even voting and thinking that you're that insignificant is vote for yourself, you know, even if you don't think it has. And I th- I think that's like that's the closest I came to saying something related to any politics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did talk about it after in November, 2016, just cause I knew so many people were going to be in, like, I was like, I knew my listeners were very diverse and very diverse mindsets, but I was like, I knew some people were going to be like, so, uh, sleepless. Like, like I was right. like, but I just tried right. to deliver an empowering message. I'm like, you know, this is just, there's a lot of feelings mm-hmm. around this and you know if you're having strong feelings about it whatever they are like you go out there and create the world you want to be in like build the community you want to be a part of like uh like you still have control over that like you like similar to your voting thing it's like oh yeah. <laughs> where are you empowered like where can you empower things and empower positive things yeah i just realized that we're 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 talking about not talking about triggering things on our podcasts the way almost any podcaster would have that kind of sensitivity, just meaning most average podcasters are may have those concerns. But I realize you and I are missing the obvious reason, which we both know, but <laughs> we haven't said aloud, is the biggest reason you and I don't want to talk about politics and triggering things is because people are trying to fall asleep. Like right. this is right. So we have to be hypersensitive, not just sensitive like the average podcaster, but hypersensitive because people are tuning into ours because their brains, many of them, are already overactive and they're stressed out from whatever their day was, whether it's pol- political news, it's, you know, catastrophes in the news, it's just, you know, scary stuff that's happened happens in the news and so when people turn us on that is not what they want and we have to be extra sensitive about that i feel like we just we we were kind of talking around that obvious point we really do have to be hypersensitive yeah and actually like that's where the pseudonym or the idea of this alternate thing came has been powerful for me because it's like 
oh, wait a second. Like Drew does not like is one step removed from sleep with me podcast. And Drew has his own belief system and his own way of viewing the world. The dearest scooter has this compact with the listeners, like, mm-hmm. it, like you're saying, and it's like, it's more complicated than what Drew's belief system is. And yeah, there, maybe there's some dividing lines and stuff, but it's like, Dear Scooter has this job to do that he's committed right. to putting people to sleep. And, uh, it's a variety of people like that are like all struggling in the deep, dark night. And that's who he's committed to. Uh, so maybe Drew needs to find another outlet for his belief systems. Right, like, right. like, like it's like, it's, so, it's, 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 it's weird. It's a lot of layers. Yeah. Like the listener and the goal of the podcast, which is to help you fall asleep comes first. And so even in hindsight now, or, or just think about what I just said a little bit earlier about that. I talk to people that they should vote. When I think about that right now, I don't even think I should have said that because that could have stressed them out. You know, that could have been like, oh, I don't want to think about voting right now. I just want to fall asleep. I don't want to think about politics. So, yeah. you know, to to be that committed in a way. So it's not really just avoidance of sensitive topics. It's focused on the goal of making sure you don't trigger your listener because that's not what they want. They want to be relaxed. They want to be distracted and lulled into sleep somehow. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing is that it's a struggle. Like you're saying, like, it's like, like that, it like, cause I guess I agree with you. It's like now, yeah. Would I even tell people to vote or whatever? Like, it's like, I've been the same way. It's like, it's like, and it, but it's like, oh, if I'm struggling, if the answers aren't easy, if it's still a question and there's not this easy answer, it's probably a good thing that it's like, Oh, this is a struggle for me to figure out versus like, oh, this is just how you do it. Like, uh, it means you're en- engaged with the list, you know, that mm-hmm. you probably have the right intentions. And then it's also like, like we've both been talking about, it's like the other side of it is like this fear, like, uh, I mean, I guess like abandonment's probably the wrong word, but it's like that you're constantly surprised that your audience is there to catch you or that it's like, oh, you did make a mistake, like, but mm-hmm. um, like it, it's okay. Or that, oh, wait, I couldn't, like, those people didn't understand, like, that I'm not, per- like, like, it's like some people, a very small percentage might not accept that you made a mistake, but it's like, oh, this person's been listening to the show for four years, like, and they, you know, or this person just started listening and they, like, yeah, it's like, I, I, I tell people in interviews all the time, it's like, the one thing I've learned from making this podcast is, like, everything that's in the zeitgeist, there's a whole alternative of people that are very thankful and very positive and they're struggling to sleep, but they just want to reach out and say, Hey, thanks for putting me to sleep. And like, so there's this whole other, like, it's not flashy news, but it's like, there's people out there struggling that are also full of gratitude. And it's like, uh, it's like, it's refreshing, I guess, especially as an introvert, you know, you're like, well, God, I gotta, then you're like, wow, there's so many positive people. Uh, or just people that are just thankful, and it's like, man. Yeah, I call it. I call it my podcast fuel. Is when listeners send me their feedback, whether it's an email, I have a survey, which they might submit feedback, and they just say these nice things. And I, 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 I try not to use the same expression every time, which is 
saying to them that this is what really helps to fuel this podcast. Like your gratitude just makes me realize that this is helping you. And I don't think if if, if no one said anything, I would, my pessimistic brain would just assume that the podcast wasn't helping anybody. Like uh, I don't have that thought process that says, if I put it out in the world, it's a wonderful thing. My natural thought process is more data-based. Without any data, without any feedback, I have no idea how this is being received. And my listeners, when they do, they give that positive feedback or constructive feedback. That helps me make it better. And so right. I, I appreciate that also. They'll be like, well, you know, I really don't like this. I'll be like, oh, that's that's great. I never realized that that might be bothering you. Or they come up with ideas, you know, of adding time codes, you know, whatever it is. I'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. So all the feedback, whether it's positive or it's constructive, is so helpful for me to realize and understand what I am putting out in the world. Because I really don't know without that feedback. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, the feedback, especially the critical stuff, like it's like, wow. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't even realize. Like, I mean, like when I was, I used to sing on my show all the time. And I think when it was early, it was like, no, you know, there's not very, there's like, I didn't get any feedback. But then when I started to get it, a few people were like, hey, don't, you know, when you sing, it wakes me up. Like, it's funny, but, and then I'm like, oh, okay. And then it got like, I'm like, okay, I'll stop singing. Or, um, I didn't even realize at first that spiders are, that I shouldn't talk about spiders or snakes. And it's like, oh yeah. Uh, I didn't even realize that. I don't know how I missed that, but I did. One of my, one of my worst decisions was I had the idea that I was going to do an episode in French, Mm. but I don't speak French. So what I, how I visualized that this was going to work and be helpful is that there is this type of ASMR called inaudible ASMR. It's when you just kind of make up words like, you can't understand what someone's saying, but it's done in kind of a soothing way. So I was using reading French just to help me come up with things to say. So if you didn't know French... It could be relaxing. Well, the problem was, of course, that a certain percent of my listeners know French, and they heard me just <laughs> butcher the language. And they're like, I can't fall asleep listening to you do such horrible things to a beautiful language. I said, okay, lesson learned, and I, I never put out another one. I did one in Spanish also. I did one in French, one in Spanish before. I looked at the aggregate of the feedback and decided that was a bad idea. Yeah, I did. A, I did Spanish one. Like I did ones where there was only one spe- segment in Spanish, and it was just me trying to learn learn the words. Yeah, and my pronunciation was so bad. It was the same thing. It was like, and the sad thing was, or for me, I guess from the creative side, was like it was similar to what we did. Like I would have this list of Spanish words. I would have the meanings, and then I would build a story as I was going through the list. Uh, and it would always be these crazy stories. So it was like something I really enjoyed and then a certain, like a decent size the listeners enjoyed, but then whatever, like mm-hmm. a third were like the same, like saying like, when you, it jolts me right out of my sleep when I hear you mispronounce Spanish words. It's my, either I'm fluent or it's my natural, you know, 
it's a language I was raised speaking. And, uh, like I was like, I kept burying, I tried to bury it deeper and deeper in the show. Um, and then eventually I was like, okay, I'm never going, but similar. I'm like, okay, I won't go back to that ever again. So it sounds like you probably have the same experience I do, which is, and this happened with the French episode that I did was that some people definitely did not like it and really requested I never do that again. But some people really loved it. And that's when I started creating my bonus episodes because I realized if there is stuff that I'm I'm not sure if it will work or I already know it doesn't work for a small percent, you know, which is significant to me, so I'm not going to put that in my public podcast. I put that in the bonus episodes and mm-hmm. I warn people at the beginning of each of those episodes. I'll be like, you know, now... This is not something I do on the main podcast anymore because I've gotten some feedback that some people don't like it, but I know some people do. If you do, you may enjoy this, but be warned, you may not enjoy this. Yeah. So I like my bonus episodes because they allow me to be experimental. So then there's stuff that I try and I just put it as a bonus episode. And you put those out on on just Patreon or in your feed as a bonus episode too? Um, I put them in there, so they're uh, they're on Patreon, but I don't use the Patreon podcasting service. I just create okay. a, a separate RSS feed. I call that the bonus, and it's only accessible through Patreon. Is that how you do yours? I use their feed, um, but yeah, similar. But yeah, I have the similar experience. Like it's like if I put out a, a certain style episode, and it's some, it's like a group of people's favorites, then it's like. Anytime it's hitting on the margins, it's like, oh, this yeah. is my favorite. It's like, oh, I hate that. I, I hate those episodes. And then it's like, okay. It's like, uh, like I like doing on-location episodes. I mean, those are also just way, 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 way more work. Yeah. So, and those were very, they weren't divisive, but it was like, they were some people's favorites. They were like, I would listen to every episode if you did it on location. And other people were like, I won't let, like, if you keep doing that, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I kept releasing them and I would do the same thing as main shows. But then last year I was like, this is just too much work. It's not um, sustainable. Like mm-hmm. it do like they take, you know, so many more hours to figure out the editing and even recording. It's like, oh, fire truck just went by. I got to stand here for 10 minutes, make sure I get enough audio to cover up where I stopped talking and, uh, so I was like, oh, they're fun, but um, I'm like, now occasionally I'll do them for Patreon bonuses similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't have fire truck problems, so I'm pretty lucky that way. So are you are you near a road, or it just depends if you're on a location that happens? Like, does that happen from yeah. the studio? I have it in my stu- – like, so I live in a pretty urban area, like, right outside of Oakland. So I'll mm-hmm. have, like, yeah, like, I live in an apartment building. So it's, like, when I record, I've never, like, a, it's, like, I've tried to time it so there's, like, no one doing their laundry or, uh, like, clomping around. And then, yeah, there's, like, a fire station, like, down the block. So what I'll do is just – Oh, goodness. Like, I'll just um, – usually I'll just try to repeat the last thing I said in my brain over and over again. So, like, oh, goodness, oh, goodness, oh, goodness. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! Oh goodness! Yeah. And wait till the train, and then I'll say, "Oh goodness!" And then I'll keep go, try to keep going, and then just edit it, like, um, then fix it. But uh, what is your recorder doing during that time? Do you have it? Do you stop it? Do you pause it, or do you just let it run? Yeah, I just let it run because um, then I can see like the big gap, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, 
like, or like sometimes I'll yell, like I'll say, um, I guess it depends on the mood I'm in. Like sometimes I'll just like say <laughs> something louder than normal. Be like, Oh boy, yeah. that was a big mess up there. Don't forget you missed it. Yeah. And then, so then the waveform will be wacky and I'll say, Oh, okay. That was like where I was yelling. So you do, you do all your own editing? Not anymore. Like, uh, it was weird when I did the Patreon, it was like, because I was working and doing the podcast, it got to the point where, um, I was like, I just can't keep this up. And right. I didn't have any, like, I'm like, Oh, how am I going to keep doing this? And I was like, well, if somebody edits the episodes that will clear up a certain amount of time. And so I started the Patreon and yeah, when I started it, like most of the money at the beginning was going to the editor, like this, this kid, uh, and, uh, who had a podcast that I liked and I was like, Oh, Hey, how much would you charge me? And, um, like, you know, would this be something you're interested in? And then we started doing one episode a week. And then as I got more money, it was two episodes a week. And then as I got more money, he actually couldn't keep up. So then it was like, I found somebody else to do a third episode. Um, so yeah, now those two, um, edit it and then I'll mix it myself. I still listen to it again, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's just easier. Cause I can just focus on, uh, creating like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, at the time it was like, this is the only way I keep the show going. Like, and even then I look back at, I'm like, I was doing it at lunch and, uh, I'd, I'd be falling asleep editing. Like I'd be putting myself to sleep. And I'm trying to edit the episodes and I'm like, oh my goodness. That sounds like a bad idea right there. Yeah. So they, they haven't asked you to have a a set system to tell them where you like where you're stopping and pausing? Or it's just always obvious as they listen that because you mentioned you know, sometimes like, you yell, sometimes you do something else. Yeah, like most of the time I'll like actually the two editors, like I've never oh no, I met one of them in person, but they're like they're like, dude, I feel like I know you better than anyone else in my life. Like, I've listened to so many hours of you. Right. Like, so, like, usually I'll just talk to them. Like, yeah. but, yeah, when I first was looking for people, like, I mean, I had listened to Chris's podcast. He's the first editor I found. But I was still like, hey, do you want to test this out and just see? I was like, I know you know what the show sounds like, but this is, you know, obviously like a child to me. And I'm very mm-hmm. uh, specific in how I like things done. And... And I'm like, um, I'm like, you know, the main thing I'm going to be listening to after you edit it is like the pauses. Cause I'm like, you got to know when a pause is like, because I messed up and when it's intentional to make a point. And I was like, and you can never have too many pause. Like the pauses can't be too long or too short because if it's too long, it's going to wake somebody up. Like they'll think the episode's over. Right. And so it was like, after a while, it took each one of them not too long to get it down. But once they got down the rhythm, then it's like, I'll just be like, oh, man, hey, Chris, sorry, I just totally messed up there. Or uh, I don't like the way I use that pronoun. So I'm going to try it like I'm just going to redo it right now. And then I'll just t- like start over. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, it's more you'll like do some you'll record some bits and then send it to them to mix back in. Usually it's just all right in a row. So it's like oh, like okay. if I. Oh, so yeah, when you're so recording, like, you'll, you'll restate it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because, you know, my, I guess, like, yeah, it's like your voice changes so much that, like, putting something else in would be. You can tell in movies. I mean, they're professional, they're the top of the game, and you can tell in a movie when they've gone in and added vocals in yeah. later. Um, but yeah, it's nice, like, uh, having that, having them, 
it just feels like, I mean, another thing was like you're saying, like, I was like, oh, if this can add to the quality of the show, mm-hmm. because it's like, I'm self-taught. I'm like, I don't barely, <laughs> I've been doing this five years and I still like don't know everything about editing and audio engineering. So I'm like, oh, if their touch on the show can add some degree of higher quality, then it's like, oh, that's yeah. definitely worth it too. Um, so yeah, I kind of feel like, I don't know. What do, do you, what do you edit in? Uh, isotope RX five. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do it right in the isotope software. So it's not a plugin. So I just use the standalone. Do you know isotope RX? I know the plugins like, cause I use, um, the declicking plugin sometimes, okay. um, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I just use their, their software right from them, uh, rather than a plugin. It's probably gives you the same interface probably. Uh, and I just, I really like that. It's, you know, I can just see the waveform and the spectrogram. Mm-hmm. And now it, most of my editing is visual. I hardly listen to it. Like once I've recorded it, I know my voice so well that I can tell where there's something in there that shouldn't be in there just by scrolling sideways and looking at the spectrogram. Like, oh, oh, that's cool. I'll clean that out. I'll clean that out. You know, I can tell by the, by the wave if it if it just should be cleaned out of there and then when i do mess up when i speak my system is to make i make a very low long sound as a marker so kind of what you were saying but here's my sound <laughs> oh and it's it's just it's a block you know it just comes out as a block in the waveform so i know when i'm scrolling and i hit that block that I have to fix that area right there. 